Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley Davidson, Early Motorcycle Tires Australia, and TCX Boots. Welcome, Teo Axu. Thanks, mate. You're um. We just got home. Like it's literally Monday morning after ASBK round five up at Morgan Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was your weekend up there, man? Honestly, it was uh, it was actually real fun. Like as much as it sucked not being at a race, I was um, it was real fun watching the boys and like they're just a whole nother level this year. And like honestly, it was just it was honestly I would say it was almost as fun just watching them go that quick and just watching the battles. So like, you got to race it last year. Um, you've got an amazing feel for a motorcycle. Um, were you able to help a couple of riders out through the weekend and just, just you know, bounce a bit of feedback for some things as well? Yeah, well, um, on the weekend I was helping Cameron Swain a lot. Yep. Um, I wasn't really I – t- I was just telling him, like, what I experienced from last year and, like, how – what kind of area you have to put yourself in if you want to be on – like, win the race. Yep. But uh, apart from that, like, honestly – the lads were such, like, honestly, if I raced this year, I think I would have been able to stay in the front pack, but I'm not too sure if I would have been like, at that level, like, straight away. Like, 22, whatever they did, like, 22.6, like, that's yeah. just crazy fast. Yeah. But like, I don't think anyone's done that since Senna did it a couple of years ago. It's an incredible pace, and um, Cam Swain, a name you touched on there, yeah. like, <laughs> just came out of the box and just, I don't know, he's got such a... I don't know, just so aggressive at the moment. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's, he's, he's looking on. good. Yeah. Like, what, what do you reckon that is? Um, I think he's just, like, it's just clicked with him. Like, it happened with me last year where it suddenly just clicked with me yep. and it was at the same round, Morgan Park. It just, it's, it's weird. It's just, like, you suddenly feel so comfortable and confident on the bike. Yep. And it just feels like everything is working well. It's like a, like a well-oiled machine. It just works so well. Everything feels so fluid and... You just gel with the track, yeah. and like obviously he's been he's been real competitive all season. But like that, I think that's and even racing with him last year. But I think that was like the best I've ever seen him. Yeah, I think so too. And the word you just said there, flawed. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Like you just see him on the bike. It's just it's just on rails because he's so fluid on on it. It's just it's so smooth, you know. Yeah, it looks great. Who's Teo actually? Um, so I'm Teo actually, but. <laughs> so like, up until last year, I raced in the ASBK paddock. Yep. I uh, did R3 Cup and Super Sport 300 for two years. That were my two years in ASBK. Last year, I'd say I had a pretty, pretty all right year, consistent in the top three, I'd say, and uh, third in the championship. And uh, this year, I'm racing over in Japan in the Old Japan Road Racing Championship in the JP250 class. Yep. With uh, Team Dogfight Racing with uh, Team JP. Mm-hmm. And um, so far, it's not gone too bad. It was a big learning curve moving over there, but I think uh, I'm starting to get the hang of it and um, hopefully looking for some better results when we go back. Mate, like, we'll get to that a little bit. What's the history of motorcycling? I heard you saying up in commentary yesterday when we are up there, GP Juniors was one of the first things. But how did it all start for you? Um, the very beginning of it, my sixth birthday, it can't mean like the family went for a bit of a holiday over Christmas to Broom's Head. Yep come back I think it was like Sunday Sunday night or something and dad's told me go, on, go into the garage I just remember it like it was yesterday he's like go into the garage and can you grab like a beer or something for me I walked in there and I see this tarp I'm like oh what's that and I walked in just me being curious I walked in like pulled it up and I see this PW50 wow and yeah that was my first ever bike and I think 
I think I rode that thing that night till like seven o'clock at night. Really? Just in, just in the backyard. So you remember that? I remember it so clearly. I was like the happiest day of my life. I was so happy. So addictive, hey? Yeah, it's just like, it's like a drug. It's just once you get on it, you just don't want to get off. Yeah, you don't want to go to school. You don't want to do that. Like you just literally want to hop on that bike. Like yeah. you're at school, you're thinking about getting on the bike, hey? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like that's all I can think about now. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, I turned, uh, so I rode, um, rode that payway for a bit. Yep. And then quickly realized that if I wanted to race, might as well get me on a, get me going on like a bike with gears. Yeah. So um, we bought a Harrison Voigt's old uh, CRF 50. Oh, true. So that was, that was my first ever bike with gears. Yep. And um, that thing was fun. Like, I think I learned so many skills on that, like especially how to corner properly because I was racing a CRF 50 against DV2s and Yep. What not? Realized that well, I'm not going to beat him down the straight, so kind of have to push through the corner. Mm. And then, um, I mean, honestly, like within a year of riding, I only rode the Pee Wee 50 for about three months, and that CRF for like three months, and then I uh, got a 65 KDM 65. Yep. And started racing that, and I never really did many Aussie Australian titles like most other kids did. I kind of just did the club stuff. Yep. Around like my catches and whatnot, which is closest track to my home. Yep. And um. Rode the KDM 65 for maybe two years or so. I did one, one or two Australian titles, and then, um, and then, um, yeah, then moved up to an 84, 85. Yep. Tell, tell me this: was it when you first got on that Pee Wee? Um, did you think you were going to race, or did you just want to go ride and bike? Like, what? Well, when did the racing part come? Because not everyone wants to race a bike. So where'd that start? Uh, me and Dad have this conversation all the time, but like, honestly, at first it was just to like get me outdoors and get me doing something and yep. me finding something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then, like since I was little, Dad's loved racing, and it was never a racer, but he always loved the GP, and he always watched racing, and I watched it with him. Yep. But then, I kind of realised that I'm actually not too bad at this. Yep. And then Dad just took me to this like a orientation day at my catches. Ah, yep. And that's kind of where it all started because I went pretty, pretty well at that. And then we went out for a race, race like a race weekend when they used to have just like the one race for these little kids. Yep. And then I think I, I did pretty good in that. And then Dad kind of decided, well, you're not too bad. We'll just try flat track racing for a bit. Yep. And yeah, went through the whole flat track scene, I guess, but never really did. And like not any Australian titles. I think I did die in 2016 and maybe Brisbane, Brisbane when they did it. Yeah. Right. It was a Queensland title. Yep. But I, I wasn't, honestly, like back then I wasn't even that competitive. I think I was, I don't even think I made the final in some of them. Yeah, right. But then, um, like, unlike the other kids, like Johnny Littrus and like Senna, they've won like tons and tons of Australian mm. titles on flat track. But I, I don't, I've never actually won an Australian title on flat track. So, yeah. Tell you what your roads like whatever it has adapted from from flat track and whatnot yeah is transferred over to your road side side of it really well yeah well, like ever since yeah. i was little i always got told by everyone like oh you have to you have to push the rear you have to push the rear but like you just go back and like like younger photos of me you just see like a roost coming off my front tire and i've always yep. been like a type of rider that really pushes the front tire yep and i think when i made the switch to road um I just it like kind of just suited the bike straight away, mm-hmm. and it, I kind of just like I pretty much took to it pretty, pretty took to it pretty quickly, and like straight away I was 
like even more hooked on road. I was like, all I could think about was I need to go to Mini Moto. I need to go to Mini Moto. I need to, I need a ride. I need a ride. Wow, it's 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 a crazy thing like that that trans transition. And I was talking to Cam Dunker yesterday because yeah. Cam Dunker like he um he doesn't think it sort of at the moment. But like I, I asked him about like front tire. You just see him. He's just all on front. So Aussie Flat Track Nationals the other week, front tire coming in. Like there's just so much coming through it. Like you're just like, wow, look how much he rides on that. And then I was watching him do the super sport on the weekend. It's the same. And he's like, yeah, but I've had to really learn it because everything's been pushing with the rear, like yeah, you were yeah. just saying. And he goes, I've really had to learn it. I'm like, wow, you've picked it up pretty damn well because you see him come into turn four, sort of like Jonesy, just so much transition to the front. And there's just so much lean but a real nice amount. Like it's, yeah, yeah and, and it's just interesting to see how that works, you know? Yeah, like racing him last year was the same. Like yep. he was so, he's just so consistent. And yeah, like he's just overall like a real, I think he's a real good rider. And mm. like as a competitor, it's so annoying to say and like it's hard to race him. But yep. like honestly, I think he's a pretty good rider and, but yeah, I was watching him on the weekend and just watching him pushing into like four and six. He's just, yeah. it just looks like, again just so fluid and smooth. Yeah, like he, honestly, it just looks like he's just like he knows exactly what he's doing, knows where the bike wants to be, body position, body position. Yep. Just he's got it like so dialed. Yeah, and it just honestly, it looks amazing. It really does, and you see um, even things like brake pressure and everything. You just see him come down and like no no chatter. Yeah, but yeah. there's just nothing, and, and and that's that's like a Mike thing. Like you watch, you go down to turn four and watch Mike Jones come into turn four, and it's just the bike's pitched really nicely. He's coming in just fluid, exactly. There's no yeah. chatter. There's no nothing. Just knows exactly where to be. Bang on the throttle and out. It's so efficient, you know. Yeah, that's what everyone says about Mike. He's just so smooth. Like mm. even at the car track, yeah. Like he's just. He doesn't look like he's put like it actually looks like he's going slow, but then you'll time him and he's going so quick. Mm. And I'm, I just look, I'm like, how? But yeah. then I guess like dad always told me, smooth is fast, and when, yeah. when you look slow, you're going the fastest. So, yeah, that's so true. It's so, so true. Uh, Mike Hatcher, like it's uh, been a foundation for a lot of riders. Who were you riding against down there as a club, like coming through? Oh. What was the what was the riders? Well, me, me and Glenn have been pretty uh glenn nelson glenn nelson yep we've been yeah, kind of almost like rivals since flat track like we've yep. been racing up against each other ever since then wow and even same with harrison voigt we almost we almost started around the same time i think he started like a month or two before me on the dirt yep and yeah all through flat track because i never did the aussie, aussie titles but like it, just a club event it would just be me him and glenn just up yep. front just banging bars with each other wow uh, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see him over in Europe and think oh, I used to, like, I used to race him back in the day and whatnot. But yeah. hopefully, hopefully I'll get there one day. And he's doing good. Like Harry's great for the sport. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he he's a, a great ambassador coming through. You know, mm -hmm. like this is the the program, and um, he's doing doing really well over there. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, I tough need, too. I, <laughs> I was too tired to watch uh, Catalonia last night, but yeah. um. I saw just the first two or three rounds. He's just he, like again. He just took to it straight away. Just a bigger yep. going from the Moto Three to the Moto Two. Yeah. Like obviously that'd be a pretty big, um, pretty big step up. And he just he just took to it straight away. And watching him last year at the Bend again, he was just so. Is that word again? Fluid. Like yep. he just looked so smooth. And and to come here and and get on a bike, and you know lap record pace at the Bend. 
uh, lap record pace at Phillip Island at the start of this year. Mm. Um, like, you, you just know as soon as you get over to Europe, you're in a good stead. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. but um, like we'll touch on when we talk about uh, you racing in Japan, you go to these places and there's 25, 26, 28 on the grid yeah. of lap record holders in their own places. Yeah, That's yeah. bloody difficult, hey? Yeah, like, it's just <clears throat> a completely different field, I guess. Yeah. Like, you'll see riders, like, even riders that aren't too, like, they're not great, but they're not too bad when they leave Australia and go to Europe. Yep. Be there for a year, they'll come back and they'll be, like, a second quicker than everyone. It's just just insane to think how, how high the level must be over there. Yeah. Because you look at it here, and you look at it here currently, it's tough. Yeah. Like, it's, the, the fields are deep. Like, you can, you can look through basically all the classes and go, okay, there's 8 to 12 at least that can be on the podium mm. or win. Yeah. Um, that's a good competition. Yeah, yeah. So how do you keep pushing it faster and faster and come back from Europe and be a second faster? Yeah, exactly. When it's you're just, already at the peak here. It's just like you just look at it, it kind of like wrecks your brain. Mm. But um, I think it's more to do with like the fact that because like over here, obviously we have a lot of racing and riding to, to do, but most of the kids either work or we go to school. Yeah. Whereas over there, if, you, like if you're an Aussie or from any other country that's living in like let's say Spain, yeah. You don't go to school or work. All you do is train, ride, train, ride, train, ride. And I think that's where you get that that bike experience and you get that feel, like that magic touch for the bike. Yeah. And, and then when you, when you bring that back to Australia compared to like the kids that we might ride twice a month maybe. Yeah. It just, um, that's where the real difference shows. You can't replicate bike time. No, you, you can't. just can't. There's no, no matter what bike it is as well, like it's like you just need to be on two wheels mm. and... Uh, like speaking to Harry when Harry came in was you know Wednesday we go to you can just go to a cart track next day um, you can go do a track day at Catalonia yeah, yeah. you know like you're riding all these magic tracks for one thing but you can drop you can ride every day yeah, like, yeah and then you can cycle in you know we have hills here but in our region we don't have mountain ranges no. you look at Harry and you look at Senna they're cycling through mountains like yeah, yeah, their yeah. fitness level is increasing because of where they're at too, the altitude. Yeah. Come back here and it's a total different, it's they're in a different level. Different, yeah. Mm. So, you know, we've got Daisy Hill close to us here, <laughs> but it's like a hill, you yeah. know, we don't have that high altitude training and that locally anyway for Queensland. So mm -hmm. it makes it different for that. Yeah. Um, now Hatches, obviously a good place to ride. Mm. Good memories? Lots of good memories. Yeah. Lots of, lots of good and bad memories, but the good outweigh the bad. Like, honestly, that was the, I'll, I'll never forget Hatches because that was the first place that ever I actually ever raced at. And yep. it's, yeah, really, it's just my home track. Mm. And like even Hatches' dad and Aaron Littrus put so so much into it because like all that fencing around that back straight and whatnot now, yep. dad and Aaron put that in back in the day. Serious? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That back when dad was vice president. Yep. So um, a lot of memories there. And I remember one time before, it was before, I think it was Gunnadar and me and Johnny were out there just on like a, I think we rented the track or something just for the afternoon yep. after school. Gunnada? No, 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 no. Hatches. Oh, Hatches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not, not renting Gunnada. I was going to say, when did you say Gunnada? I'm like, really? No, yep. no, no, I just rented Hatches out yep. for the afternoon. Or we might have just been making sure that wall was all right. But yep. yeah, that was, we've had some good memories there. Like just, I think um, me just practicing out there and being able to learn how to slide the bike and slide, like two-wheel drifting the bike is yep. just, 
it replicates so well to especially the bigger bikes like 600s right and um yeah yeah just lots of good memories about there do do you um in 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 your time coming through there were you able to do the midweek things like do they still run that do you know like um i know they used to run it i did a couple of them but i'm not too sure if they run it anymore because that was like I, I used to go to those yeah yeah a little bit and um no that's a long time ago now but like you, you could go out sort of like the mini moto does yeah yeah you could go at like one o'clock on a wednesday afternoon or something and ride till five or six o'clock over summer like it was great like you could go ride dirt track of a weekday yeah, yeah, it was real cool. It like, was so cool. It was so good. And uh, yeah, I just don't know if they did it anymore. I thought, I wonder if they do. But that was great. Yeah, no, I haven't been there in, I think in the last like two years, I've ridden there once. Yeah. Because I've just been so busy and I, like just, yeah, just haven't really had the time. But I know they've got a new committee in there now and mm. I'm not too sure if they still run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. And and as as both of us know, got and gets harder and harder to run motorcycles within residential areas. Oh, yeah. And that, that sucks. But yeah. Just, uh, the, yeah, we won't go there, but that's annoying. Yeah. But um, the more meetings you put on, the more complaints you have, the more things happen. So I don't know if it happens anymore weekdays, but, uh, yeah. So 65s, what'd you go to after that? Um, KTM 85, so. Yep. But honestly, I barely rode that 85. I think I my first ever race on it, actually, is a funny yep. story. Yeah. First ever, we picked it up and my first ever race, like we took it to the track. It's like the, like the old person's sticky kit where okay. we bought it off. It was like Clash and Wheels sticky kit. Oh, true. It. Yeah. And um, we picked it up on our way to Gunnedah. Yep. Gunnedah Australian titles. Oh, gee. And we dad put the sticker, sticky kit on at the, the caravan park we're staying at. Yep. And um, yeah, first ever time I rolled out on 85 was Australian titles. In Gunnedah. In Gunnedah. First ever time on an oil track as well. Oh, was it? Yeah. Now, you're someone that's saying that they like the front tyre a bit. I reckon you would have felt pretty good at Gunnedah. I felt real good at Gunnedah. Like, yeah. Because it was my first time on oil, I was a bit, I couldn't really, I was still young and like didn't understand anything. So like I was how like, much grip's coming through. Yeah, how through much and, grip's yeah. it's got. But then like towards the end, like in the in the 85s, I think I like, got used to the bike and whatnot and kind of learnt the, like, the size difference. Yep. But on the 65, I was just like real, real passive until I realized like, I might be able to make the final here. Wow. And dad's like, dad's telling me before the race, he's like, if you make the final, something, something, something. Was I remember he was telling me I didn't listen to a word. I was yep. like so nervous and yep. whatnot. And um, were you nervous? Like, how old are you now? 16. Were you nervous as younger? Oh, yeah. I've always been a nervous kid. Because you don't seem it now. Oh, at the track, I'm pretty, yeah, like, okay. before, before races, I'm pretty, yep. I get pretty nervous. Mm. But um, I was racing up against, like, that Australian title, I'm, there was, the competition was strong. We had, like, Johnny there, John Litrus. Yep. Senna, Senna was racing it, Senna Idris, Jacob yep. Rolstein, Harry Voigt. Like, the whole, I think like, at least five of those guys that were in the final. Yep. Either have gone overseas or have won Australian, more Australian super sport, like, super white type yeah. titles over here. Yep. And I, I wanted to get into that final so bad, and I missed out in the repro charge, like by a dead heat. Oh, you so serious? Top two going to the final. Yep. I missed out by a dead heat because oh. it went back to count back. Yep. So I was a bit um, a bit quiet after that one. I was a bit, a bit upset, but yeah, that's 
and that's heartbreak. Like it's like anything when it's down to the wire. Yeah. Like if you just lose, you're like, oh, that sucks. Let me go back and work on this, you know. Mm. But if it's down to the wire, just yeah. te- it just tears a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, that was like, like if it was like. <clears throat> Yeah, if it wasn't down to the wire, like I just lost a race outright, yep. I'd be like, oh, all right, I can like I have to improve here, here, here. But yeah, like, I can work. Yeah. When it when it goes to dead heat mm. and it goes back to a countback, that's when I'm like, oh no. And how how do you think you would have went in the final? Yeah, I don't think I'd have been I kept up with those front boys, but yep, I would have just been cool being in the final. That was like I wasn't even thinking of winning the Aussies yep. back then because I was like these guys are like next level fast. But I was just thinking like it'll be just cool to be in the final if I can make the final that's a flex in its own oh yeah Australian dirt track final like it's a it's a huge privilege to be in that yeah yeah especially like those riders you just mentioned there yeah won lots of Australian titles um have set lap records everywhere everywhere like in every class um it's a that's a you've grown up in an era of some killers oh yeah no (laughs) yeah like all the way going all the way through like flat track and stuff yep. no, no, like none of the lads that are overseas now were overseas yet mm. so I felt like yeah just going up through with them I think yeah I think I got quite fortunate like being like fortunate and I guess unlucky because I didn't stand out as much but I learned so much yep like and even with Harry like on flat track just me and him dicing I think I learned I would have learned a fair bit from him just watching watching him like oh he's doing this through here this through here and like I was just watching clips on him on Instagram when he was training in Europe. Yeah, right. Like when he, because he went. Oh no, when he went to Asia Talent Cup, I saw him training on some dirt bike, and, like, and then that kind of like next time I went down the dirt, I'm, like, I'm going to try this. Mm. So like, honestly, I think I'm, at the same time, it's like a blessing as well, and it's also a bit unlucky, but. Yeah, I think I think it's one of the ones where in the long term it's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the immediate time. It pisses you off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a blessing in the long term to learn, especially, you know, that's a solid group of riders. And Harry's Harry's bike craft yeah. is real solid, hey? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the way he moves around the bike. Yeah. It's like you look at some riders and they're so – like the way they have to like throw – it looks, looks like they're fighting the bike, whereas Harry just is so smooth and just like just watching him, he just – he knows. Yep. It's like he just he tells the bike what to do and it does it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter the bike too. Yeah, you can do it on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we rode over New Year's at uh, Coffs at the dirt track. Yeah, yeah. So dirt track there and then um, seen him out at like uh, Mini Moto, Philip Island, like a few different mm. things. And it's just every single bike he transitions to, it's exactly that. Like it's just he tells the bike to do it it does it. Yeah. You look at the lap time and you go, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. But you've done it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a great bike craft. Now, at that age, jumping on a 65, it's a full-on feeling, hey? Yeah, I thought I remember going to school and telling everyone that I'm on, like, a full race bike now. Yeah. Because that's all I knew. Yep. And then I was, it was, like, yeah, it was it was pretty full-on. Like, I felt like I was, yep. like, how do I explain it? Like, almost like I'm on the right path, I guess. Yeah. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that. You know, that age group, I, I remember getting onto a KX60. Yeah. And I got on, I was like, there mustn't be anything faster than this in the world. Yeah. Because at that point, that's all I know in the world. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But, and uh, I remember coming back to my dad saying, like, this thing's like, <laughs> I'm on a spaceship, like, yeah. you know. Um, but they do feel like that as a kid. They're yeah, amazing. Because yeah. that's, 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 that's all you know. That's the fastest thing you've ever ridden. Yeah. I remember the first time, again, like, with, 
like Baxter was saying yesterday, my first ever road race, yep. road race was at uh, GP Juniors in Broadford. Yep. And I did that on a KDM 65 with supermoto wheels on it. Wow. And yep. I remember coming back into the pits after going down the back straight. Yep. It was like the first time I'd gone over 100 k's an hour. And I'm going to dad like, dad, I'm like a moto GP racer. I'm going so fast. <laughs> and keep in mind, I'm coming like dead last. Yep. And I'm... I'm my entire goal that weekend, because Joel Kelso was racing that as well. Yep. He was on, I think he was on like an RMU. Yeah, right. and my whole goal that weekend, don't get lapped, don't get lapped, don't get lapped. Wow. And Did you get lapped? No. Nah. That's good. <laughs> Just. Yeah, right. Like, they had the, they had the yeah, I get the pit entry at Broadford. Yep. Um, they had the go, go to start sign out for me. Yep. Because Joel had already crossed the line. He's on his in lap and I'm still on my last lap. Yeah, okay. Yep. But I was like, I, was, I think I was about eight years old eight yeah around eight years old yep and um i was just happy i was like i was just like as happy as a kid could be mate you, met, you mentioned your dad a bit in here so he's a vice president of hatches for a time yeah family support being good through racing like they're obviously mate, you, you, you're well into it now mm. um they love it yeah oh i don't know if they love it but they yep. definitely always back me 100 percent. yeah and um I'm so I'm really fortunate to have a mum and dad like that. Yep. Even my little brother, they just back me a hundred percent and they give me every opportunity I can get and like yeah, obviously I don't come from like much money but they put everything into it and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, because you mentioned your dad a few times and obviously your mum and whatnot and it's hard it's 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 a hard sport, eh? No, it's brutal. It ain't easy. <laughs> like having to move away from mum and dad this year and my little brother was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, how do you, how do you uh, how do you get there? Like how how, do, how does that all happen? Like you're you know 15 at the time of decision making, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, do you, do you just say to dad that hey I I, I want to do this? Or what what did you do there, mate? Honestly, it was it was a hard decision to make because yeah. like I've come from like me and dad last year we did everything we didn't have much support like all the bike stuff we put on everything yep. and like, it was just me and dad. Yep. And then. Like going into it, dad was dad had told me just straight up. He's like, you know, if you go to Japan, I won't be able to come with you. Like, I can't leave work mm. and whatnot. And I just, I, I understood completely. But I also, like, I was more worried as well. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do without dad and whatnot. But it was it was a hard decision to make, and we kind of just sat down and talked about it and looked at pro, pros and cons, and we kind of came to the conclusion, even if I was to do six hundreds over here, like. We didn't even know if we could complete the full season. Yeah. Like it just, so, and then that offer came up and it was already in a country, which I already know the language and I was born there already. So yeah, I was, um, it wasn't like I was just moving to a completely foreign country. Mm. So that was kind of what pushed it over the line. Like we already know where I'm going to be. Yeah. It's, mum knows it's a safe country. I know how to speak the lingo. Yeah. So. That's got to help. Yeah, massively, that helped massively. Yeah. Yep. So, I was yeah. like, I was talking to Mike yesterday. And it was telling me about when he moved overseas to Europe, when he was he was a bit maybe a bit older than me. Mm. It was telling me how difficult it was because he couldn't speak the language. Yeah. And he moved over there as well by himself as well. And he was just saying, like, how difficult it is, and it almost gets a bit depressing at times. Yeah. Like being away from mum and dad for so long. Yeah, it's hard. You yeah. Know? You speak to Harry. Um, you speak to like Mike. Yeah, um, yeah. Ollie at the moment. You know, like. Yeah. It's hard. If you're yeah, in a foreign yeah. country, you you do know the language, mm. so that helps a yeah, lot. that helps a lot. But if you don't know the language and you can't communicate properly with your team, um, 
even the racing gets difficult at that point too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like even even though I can speak the language quite well, yeah, I still I'm not at the point where I can give the like, I just speak like to the team. I just speak that um the uh like universal motorbike talk where like the chatter noises and the the bikes oh, really? doing this. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I was actually surprised when they understood it as well, but. I've got a, a real good mechanic behind me and um, he's a Japanese, but he knows a bit of English. Yep. So I just, he's like, we're talking real simple Japanese and I just tell him what my bike is doing and what it's here and whatnot. And that helps so much. Like, So you were born in Japan? Yeah. So what's your Japanese like? Like it, if you're not practicing it every day, things are difficult to maintain. So what's your Japanese actually like when you went back to Japan? It was, uh, it was a bit rusty. Was it? Yep. Yeah. But, um, I speak a bit of Japanese at home with mum and whatnot, so yep. it was still like it was still there. Yep. But when I went there, it was pretty rusty. Yep. Like I spent four months or so over there at first, and um, it it got it improved a lot. Like, yeah. Just just speaking and socialising, it improves so much. It's it's the best way to do anything, isn't it? You yeah. just need to repeat processes to make them work. Yeah. Efficiently. So, day one, you go to Japan. Oh, actually, no. Before you go to Japan, you're sitting at the airport at Brisbane. Your family are probably there. Yeah. What's the feeling? Um, I don't actually. It was a bit like, bit. Uh, I was a bit overwhelmed. Like, and at the time, I was a bit, I was nonchalant. Like, I didn't. I thought, oh yeah, I'm just going to Japan. I'll be back in a couple months. Yeah. Right. But then, like, as the time got closer and closer to me having to jump on the plane, I'm like, wait, I'm not going to see you lads again for like, a long time because, I like saw like Hik- my little brother Hikaru. And dad and mom, and I was like, I'm not going to see you guys again for so long. Yep. Whereas, like, going from seeing you guys every day to not being at home with you at all, I was a bit, it suddenly like, got overwhelmed me and I was a bit mm. shocked. But at the same time, dad was already kind of stressing out. And I was like, if I start stressing out, he's going to stress. So I kind of had to yep. just stay calm and just tell him I'll be all right. And so, what was the plan when you got there? Um, do, you, do you have, uh, like, does the team have, you know, like a lot of the riders that go to Europe, mm. they'll stay in a um, a room above the team or something like that. Oh, what, yeah. what did you have like when you um, went, went to Japan? I have a I stay with a homestay family, so okay. a host yep. family, which is real nice. They're super nice and yep. understanding of the sport and how dangerous it is and like that. Wow, like how how tough it is and whatnot. Yep, but um, they're really they're super nice and real understanding. But I didn't actually go to the homestay family straight away. I when I arrived in Japan, I think I, I left on the 15th of March, I think. Yep. 15th of March. So my flight was, um, I think it was Thursday morning. I don't know. It was the 9th of March. Yep. And so I left on Thursday morning, arrived in Japan Thursday night. Um, the team owner came to pick me up. We went for dinner. He dropped me off at the hotel. Yep. And then the next morning, and uh, like the next morning he picks me up and we go to Mategi for a test. Straight away? Straight away. So first day in Japan, I'm at Mategi. Wow. For a two-day test. No, no, a three-day test. First time you've met them? First time I met them. Oh, no. That wasn't the first time. I've met the team owner and the superbike racer before because they're in... Before we made the decision, we they came to Australia to, and we met them. Okay, yep. And um, it kind of worked for them as well because in Japan, in the winter, you don't even bother riding. Like, it's too cold. So they came to Australia to train a bit. Yep. And um, we met them and... We talked a bit all through and whatnot. So I'd met the team owner and the superbike racer before, but yep. everyone else was my first ever time meeting him. 
Jeez, that's crazy. Tell, tell me this, how, how did the deal come about? Like when you're saying they came to Australia, was it at that time? No, so there was already, it really started like six, like just after Morgan Park ASBK last year. Yep. The talk was of me doing the Suzuka four hour on a 600. Yep. And um, we talked about it and whatnot. And then suddenly they called us and they said, there's an offer come up from Yamaha. Yamaha are choosing five riders and they already have their five, but they're willing to put in one more. Mm. And um, and we they said it's free three hundred. It's the blue. It's like a. It's just like, it's Team Yamaha technically. Yep. But we're all into separate teams. Okay. Yep. So um, we're all riding on the Yamaha, and um, you Yamaha provide you the bike. They provide most of the parts, so the bikes are pretty similar. Yep. But then your team can decide what they do with these other parts and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, that offer came about, and so. The Yamaha at the end of the year they said Yamaha is going to choose the best rider like not the you don't necessarily have to be the fastest but the best over, like all around rider yep um, to send to Europe next the year after in the European R3 Cup yep which like on it like at, at that time after the Ben Days BK I said to dad I'm like dad I don't ever want to ride a 300 again because I, I was already too big back then yep and then and dad's like yeah yeah mate we know You'll be on a six hundred. You'll be on a six hundred next year, and then yep. that offer came about, and it was almost like I might as well do it and see where it takes me. Like, I guess you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So yeah, I was like, I'll just. And it was um. So it's Yamaha sponsored. Like, yeah, Yamaha sponsored ride. So Yamaha provide the bike, yep. provide all the other stuff, and you get a chance to race in Europe. That's and, huge. And I was, we just me and Dad just sat down, and talked about it. Yep. Like weighed up pros and cons and then they were just like I guess um I guess we'll go down this route. And we just I guess trust the team and yep. trust Yamaha Japan and like, hopefully puts me on the right route to get to Europe like everyone else. Did you know did you know anyone um or do you have people that you can talk to about that opportunity, like the people that have raced in Japan yet, or did you have any yeah, any people you can go talk to as a bit of a reference point or anything? Um, not really. Like, I think the closest I got was asking Harry Harry Voigt what yep. Mategi and Okuyama are like. Because I know he did one round at Okuyama yeah. a couple of years back. Yep. I just asked him what's competition like, and he just told me straight up. He was like, they're, fo- they're quick. Yeah. Like, they're fast. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, oh, all right. And then, um, but I, I didn't, like, last year when I was racing... 300s, I was like, oh yeah, I think, like, I thought me, Cameron Dunker, and Glenn, we were like on the limit. Yep. Like, you couldn't go any faster. And then I went over there and I was like, whoa, like, these guys are, like, honestly, these guys are the next level. So you get to day one, Mategi, at that test, right? Mm-hmm. First time you ride the bike. Where do you sit position wise? Do they um, have timing on? Or? No, there was no timing. It was more yep. like, Feel. it was kind of a, yeah, getting used to the bike in Japan. It was a, I was just running in the bike. It was a brand new bike. So when I yep. rode it, it had, like ABS was still connected, stock suspension. Oh, Every, it was just a complete. It was pretty much a road legal bike, street yep. legal bike. Yep. All all they did was take the street fairings off and put like the race fairings on. Yep. And it was just like for the two day first two days. My first day I couldn't ride because my license wasn't. So around Japan, you have to get each circuit license. You have to get a Mategi license, Okayama license, yep. Suzuka license, and my. It's like my, Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like Gran Turismo. Yep. And um. My Mategi license hadn't gone through yet. Uh, so yep. the first day I couldn't ride, but then the second 
So the second day and the third day, the first two sessions. Mm-hmm. Oh, so all of the second day, I did. I was running in the bike, so just going through the gears and whatnot. Yep. And then the third day for the first session, I um just ran in the bike one last time, and then the last two I could have a bit of a go. Yep. But there wasn't there wasn't much I could do. I was kind of just still cruising. So standard suspension still at that point. Yeah, standard standard suspension, standard exhaust. So with the exhaust, couldn't really. Oh, standard tyres as well. And with wow. the exhaust, because it's so bulky, like scrapes on the ground. Oh, jeez. On, on lean angles, I'm like, <laughs> I'm riding it like a superbike, completely hanging off it, trying not to hit the exhaust on the ground. Man, that must be that must be a wild experience. Like coming from here, your last race, you're racing here on these bikes that are pretty well prepared. Mm. Go over there, stock, stock, stock. Yeah, and then trying to stock. Yep. I was like, oh. Day three, what did they do then? Do they change things out or is it? No, no, just, no it, was all, it was stock until. Yeah, so it was, I did the three days at Wateki, yep. or t- two days, I guess. And the weekend after, it was like a local round at Mategi. Yep. And we went to do that. But it was a problem with Olin's. Like, it's like Akropovich over here. You couldn't get anything in. Oh, yeah. So we got the Olin's shock in, but we couldn't get the exhaust, um, the forks in. Yep. Like, forks into the country. So we're, like, waiting on forks, and they didn't come, so I had to race that weekend on... Um, I didn't even race. I did our free practice, yep. and we decided not to race in the race because it was just pouring rain. It was like negative one degrees. Oh gee. And we're like, uh, there's probably no point racing, hey. And did you ha- what? What did you have for the fork? Did you have a stock fork? Yeah, yeah stock forks. So I rode oh. rode free practice on stock forks, and it wasn't actually too bad. It was only like three seconds, three four seconds off lap record. Really? Yeah. So brakes standard, or do they do different brakes? No, no, I got the. Uh, Good brake discs. Good so brake discs, yeah. Good brake discs. Um, exhaust system was on, fairings were on. And the rear shock. And rear shock. And but then the ECU was still stock. So in Japan, you change out the ECU to a A-Racer ECU, which okay. is what they run in uh, Asia Road Racing. Oh, true, yeah. So, but the, that ECU hasn't come yet either, so I ran on a stock ECU. Wow. Uh, I was um, I was pretty like, oh, well, all right. Yep. But then, like, the other lads were still going like two seconds quicker than me yep so I was like oh well it's still got a bit more to do and then we got to the Japan road racing round because that was the last test I got there yep and then we uh, got to the Japan road racing round and that was when I was like that's when the big boys came out to play and I was like whoa like in the first session they broke lap record by like a second by the end of the weekend we broke the lap record by like two and a half seconds that's insane like it went from a one minute twelve to like a one minute ten two like, where do you get that time from? Oh, like, lap record's fast already. You yeah, know, yeah. like, where do you get that? That's such a huge margin. Yeah, well, yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty, like, whoa. Like, yep. that's all I could really say. I was like, wow, like, these guys are quick. Yeah. But I think over there, like, Motegi, the whole top, I think all the way to P9 or something was just all Hondas, the CBR 250RR. Really? Yeah, so that's the... Hondas over there are the competitive bike like that's what you want to be on really more than the Yamaha yeah because we see other places around it's yeah. always the R3 isn't it like, yeah, yeah yeah okay that's interesting I think it's I think it's because um, obviously I don't know one, somehow they got more top speed than us yep. they're, they're faster but they're also lighter they're yep. lighter and they've got the um, they've got a fly by throttle body so you've got the auto blip engine brake like you can adjust all the engine braking yep. slipper clutch so I think like with all that combined, you just kind of find the time everywhere, just incrementally everywhere. Yep. 
especially like Matei, where it's just corner straight, corner straight, corner straight. Right. So, so let tell me this. Let, let's go through this. You get to Matei on that first morning, right? Yeah. Iconic circuit. Like that place is. It's one of the most um, intriguing circuits. So much history in motorsport. Um, now, from people I know that have um, worked in that field, the level of it's probably better than a world superbike field is in the support that some of the superbike teams and everything get as well mm. so what's it like just being in that field when i first went like yeah. honestly for the first first round i was like i was shocked like i didn't like over here there's the mum and dad teams with the they rock up with the box trailer yeah pull the bike out yep and it's just the rider and dad Whereas Stanley Toolbox. Yeah, Stanley, Stanley yeah. Toolbox. <laughs> yep. The uh, camper chairs. Pretty much that's it, yeah, and a 20-litre fuel drum and yeah. what else, you know? That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Over there, every single team, even if it's mum and dad, every yep. single team has, a, like, a truck, mm-hmm. like a big truck, and they've got at least two mechanics with them. Like, it's so professional. Wow. Like, everyone's got the pit walls, like, everyone's got a... Um, race queen like the grid girls yep. they hire their own grid girls and stuff so every every class too you're talking hey yeah, every class so yep. all the way down from JP250 yep all the way to um, JSB1000 yep and it's I'm insane like, it's it? insane I was yep. like wow like this is and like even over there the, I don't know what obviously I've never raced in Europe and I don't know what European levels of racing are but just looking at the kids that are racing the class and like looking at where they have gone in Europe and how they have gone, like I don't think we'll be in Japan. I don't think they'll be far off what they'll be doing in Europe. Mm. Just in in my class, in, anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure about 600s and whatnot, but in my class, anyway, like the guys that are racing, they're pretty. For example, the um, his name's uh, Ogiwara Ryota. Mm-hmm. He's number 97, um, and. I think I think it was Levi or Jai Russo telling me. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but he was saying that kid at the Asia Talent Cup tryouts. It was like a second quicker than everyone, and I was going, "Whoa, like, like that's that's insane." A second. A second. It's not it's not like a little kart track as well. Yeah, right. It's massive. It's massive. And everyone's on the same machinery. Yeah. Like that's 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 the full on part too, isn't it? Like when yeah, you're yeah. all on the same machinery, that's yeah. insane. Uh, yeah, they're the ones that cut a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts, eh? Hey? Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, how how much like how much you had to work? How much you had to like chisel away, find different things, find things out about yourself? How much has that changed? I actually had like one point when I was like, "Am I? Is this really for me? Like, do I want to keep doing this? Like, yeah. I like after the first like first round wasn't too bad. Like, top uh, top ten in qualifying. Then I got up to P five in the first lap, and then I got taken out, obviously, but. Yeah. After the second round, it was just a shocker, and I just sat there and just thought, like, is this really for me? Like, yeah. I was just so I kind of sat there. I was almost depressed. Like, like I was so it was like a big yeah, it was like a big slap in the face, and I was like, whoa, like, is this really for me? And how um, um how long had you been in Japan at that point? A month and a half. Bit of homesickness kicking in too. And yeah, I think it was like at the same time was a bit of homesickness kicked yep. in, and and I had that really bad result. I was a bit bit upset but um I just thought about it I just sat there for a couple nights and just thought about it I was like well I'm sure like Marquez and I'm sure Lorenzo and Rossi they all had times where they like questioned themselves and whatnot and like 
I've already come this far. Like, if I give up now, I'm just letting everyone down. Mm. And, um, but like, that's just like mentally finding out stuff about myself. But like physically, when I went over there, I was already, I already know I was quite a bigger rider for a 300 yep. when I was over here. Like compared to like Cameron, Cameron Dunker yeah. and like Pezzetta and stuff. Yep. And then I went over there and I'm like, oh, you're kidding. I, I saw, I saw these kids and I'm like, surely they're not racers, right? And they come and introduce themselves to me. I'm like, so you're a racer. And this kid's like on my chest. Like he's like this tall and like no skinny as. Yeah. I'm like, surely this kid can't be quick. Yeah. Just flies past me down the straight in the next session. And I'll go, oh, I'm going to try to keep up with him. Going to the corner, he just locks it and backs it in all the way into the, like the uh, corner off the um, back straight. Oh. And like, so like over here, like usually like the little kids, like there's a couple of exceptions here and there, but yeah. Like the little kids are quick down the straight, but they're not too good through corners. Mm. Over there, they're just like, they're quick down the straight because they're light. Yep. And they're just like, it's fast through the corners. Figured it out. Yeah. Yep. So. And that, yeah, like you said, that little cuts, you know, just oh, keeps yeah, cutting just away. Just cutting, you know? cutting, cutting. Yep. Eventually, like, eventually it wears you down, but um, you just got to like, kind of dig deep and find it in yourself to keep going. Like, yep. it's kind of, it's almost like mentally draining. Like knowing that you're going into a round that you're already disadvantaged yep. on a track that you barely have any experience on. It's really like, it's kind of like a, it almost puts you in a negative mindset. Yeah. And you kind of, you really have to fight that. Yep. And to know that uh, you, um, like you've been in the top five in this class before, like there's no point, there's no point dwelling, like you just got to get on with the job and whatnot. And that's where the goal is. Mm, it really yeah. is. That's where the that's where the improvement will come come from you yeah. know like uh that mategi going there different condition they're they're the real hard ones that yeah hopefully the next time around you're in a different position yeah you know? exactly and yeah but um what do you reckon the weight difference would be between you and, and the others what do you reckon it is well but i'm the i'm the heaviest rider in the blue crew class yep. by about six kilo six okay yeah that, that's to the next heaviest kid yep then the lightest kid there is like 54 kilo okay like he's so light wow and he's like he's short yeah skinny and quick through the corners so how how many rounds is the series for you uh six rounds so what, how far are you in now we've done motegi sugo and tsukuba and three a yeah so we've got three left what's been the fun track so far tsukuba was pretty fun and yep. motegi was real fun like honestly all three tracks have been real fun yep but I think out of all of them, Motegi's got to be my favourite. Okay. Like, I think it was also because I came from Australia where the golden rule is, like, at most tracks is don't hit the ripple strip. Yeah. Like, if you hit the ripple strip, you're going to crash. Yep. Then going over there, going to a track where you can break on the ripple strips and you can hit ripple strips on the apex of the corners. Really? Yeah, yeah. So there's grip out there? Grip out there is just, in, the grip on it is insane. Like, there's kids yep. hitting it in the wet. Makes no sense. Yeah, like you yeah. do you do that in Australia and you'll be sliding down the gravel. So. Yeah, you just grab that front brake lever and it's all over. Exactly. Wow. Whereas like in Japan, and I only figured out that like how hard I could brake on the ripple strips in qualifying. Yep. And I was it was I was getting a toe from someone. I was just sitting in their toe. Yep. And they swerved onto the ripple strip and then cut into the corner. And I, I was like, I'm gonna do that. So I did that. I gained like a second. I was like just using like just those little increments more of track. Yep. I just gained so much time just doing that. And that's another thing. Like I had to learn that on the go. 
because mm. they they've been riding tracks where you can do that their entire life. Whereas like in Australia, the furthest you'll go is maybe on the inside of the white line. Yeah, yeah, you might just get your say a right hand corner. You might just touch the yeah your wheel, your left hand side of your tire. Hey, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Like you don't want to go any further. Nah. So. Yeah, that's crazy. So what what other learning things? Um. Breaking hard, obviously. Bra- that's you're a huge breaking thing. hard, like the way they break over there is just yep. limit everywhere. So like, break hard, get off earlier, or what's it like for that? Or trail break um, deeper in, or anything like that? It's weird because over here with these with the Pirelli um, tires, yep. you can kind of you can carry so much speed through the corner and it'll just hold and hold and hold. Yep. Whereas with the Dunlops we use over there, they kind of they don't have as much grip as the Pirelli, so you have to ride them completely differently. Yep. So you have to almost ride it like a bigger bike where you get it on the fat of the tyre to get on the throttle real hard. Just take the load off that front tyre. No, 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 to, just so the rear doesn't slide out. Yeah, right. So you have to get it like up on the tyre yep. and then accelerate out. So yep. what the guys seem to do, they just break super deep, yep. sit it up and then just boost out. Wow. Whereas, and because they're light, they can do that. Yep. But then I try to do that and... It's like, trying, it's, like, it's like trying to trying to carry a 10-kilo bag on the back of your back, trying to do it. Man, that's that's super interesting because, like, obviously here, the corner speed, it's all about flow, 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 mm. you know, and the tyre gives you the grip to be able yeah. to flow, flow, flow. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it was... Um, that's a learning curve as well. Yeah, that was another learning curve. So just yep. the way they brake and the way they ride the bikes over there yep. and just how aggressive they are. Mm. Like, they just... You leave the slightest door open, like just a little crack in the door, and they just yep. blast straight on through there. Like two people will come by. Like you have to be on that 110% intensity the entire race. Yep. So that was um that was another thing. Like in Australia, you might get, but not everyone will go for that that last tiny little move. Like yep. And whatnot. But those those kids in Japan, they just like they go for everything. Like the tiniest little gap, they just go for it. So I feel like my um. My racecraft and aggression have got a bit... Like that's another thing that's kind of improved, I'd say. I reckon that'd be one of the things for you, right? Like this weekend that we've just had, that's probably one of the things that's been hard for you to watch then. Oh, yeah. You would you would want to be testing your current pace mm. to your pace here from last year, wouldn't you? Like yeah, that would definitely. Be yeah. yeah, because like over there, just being, um, being smart with the way you ride. So yep. like sometimes on the last lap, people get like, especially in Australia, people get really excited and just go go for gold and just try it but just don't think about it like yep. Phillip Island there was one kid and like the golden rule there is don't lead onto the straight and yep. he's just last lap I've like you can see it in the live stream I've put my legs out to the side just to catch the wind to slow myself down so I don't lead Yep. and this kid's just going straight for it he's leading the last lap Yep. and I'm just sitting there like what's this kid doing Yeah. like he, he thinks he's going to win he's like he's just going to get slipstream he's going to get swallowed to like fifth that's the other thing. Like, you just um, I just learned to stay calm on the last lap and mm-hmm. don't, don't panic. Yep. And that's kind of, like, you just kind of got to remember that you know this is where you have to be. You've done it this this many times this lap. You know you can get to the line first from here. Yep. And that's kind of what I've learned. You just have to, riding riding with your head. Mm. That's that's what I want to say. Where'd you get this wisdom from? Like you you're very um. Got wis- like yeah, wisdom. Like where where'd this all come from? Like uh, a lot of it came from dad. Dad's a like, is he a thinker? He's definitely a thinker. He's a yep. thinker and a stressor. But when he's stressing, he starts thinking, and yep. he tells me all this. But a lot of us just um, I think I was 
maybe growing up real quick. Like, I had to grow up pretty quick when I moved over there. I think. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I think I just um I had to start thinking for myself. Yep. And just like really looking at the mistakes I've made. Like even watching ASBK last year, mm. like, just looking at the mistakes I made and just like drilling it into my head to not make that same mistake again. Yep. And I think um that's part of it. And just everyone that's helped me throughout like they've always just given these little tips and it's the little things that kind of just build up build yep. up build up and that um that really help you in the long run who has who has been some of the people that have been like with you on this journey from you know right from that Wee 50 who are some of the people um like uh one of them is uh tommy lay from triple m motorcycles oh, yeah. yeah he's just up the road and he's been he's been supporting me ever since i got that Wee 50 really like he's i don't know what six years old ten years ago yep he's been supporting me ever since then and he gives me like helps me out so much and he's actually part of the reason I'm over there now like he introduced us to the guy wow so because Tommy used to work for Yamaha in Japan yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, he used to help them out yeah yeah so yeah we used to do some road rides together oh really yeah yeah cool guy yeah great guy he's got some funny stories he's a funny guy yeah yeah he is um one of the nicest and, and just funny. Yeah. Real funny. He's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't even try to be funny. He's just, no, just it's outright. just funny. He's just funny. Yeah, and I think that's probably um, workshop time yeah. for his whole career. Yeah, yeah. You hang around all these people and you become like a bit of a storyteller. Yeah. He's, yeah. We, we do in particular rides. Um, so one, one of, actually one of them the most, he had a Repsol Fireblade. Yeah. CBR1000. I yeah, had yeah. like G6R1000, I think it was at the time, or R1. And we went, you know, I think we did like a 900 kilometer day, big day, right? Mm. And, um, but first thing in the morning, we're riding along and Tommy zooms past us. We're a couple of hours in and it was still really cold. And have you seen those um, mitts that some riders wear on the Yeah, 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 yeah. He loves them, right? He loves them. He really does. And he just come past, he's like full leathers on in these mitts. And I'd never seen him using them at this point before. And I'm like, what is that guy wearing? And he's just, Everything about him is just funny. Like he does all these cool things, and we had the best, one of the best rides, and went to this place about, uh, you know, six, seven hundred k's away, and that night, good time, and just a fun person hanging around. Yeah, he's just, he's a great person. That's yeah. that's that's all you can really say. Like there's, there's nothing more to it. All he wants is to help. Like, yeah, yeah. He just wants to, he just wants the best for. Like he never wishes anything bad on anyone. He just wants like yep. everyone to be happy and. Can ride too. Can ride. Yeah. 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 He was telling. He's done some crazy stupid time on this old I think it was that fireblade you're talking about around yeah. Lakeside. Yep. I don't remember what it was, but like for a track day ride I was like, what? Yeah. Like that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty pretty on it. Yeah, definitely. I, I I know of a couple I'll tell you when we're away from here. Um <laughs> but there's a couple of funny stories I know through Yamaha and stuff through some friends that were involved in Yamaha yeah. a, a fair few years ago. And um it's a good Tommy story and I'll tell you off air. But uh yeah, he's a character. Right, so who, who else has been around? Um, well, for my road racing, like I guess my two years in ASBK, yeah. Chris Jones had helped me a lot. Mm. So we jumped from suspension mechanic to suspension mechanic, and then I saw Chris's truck at the – Chris's van at the that, – that iconic van at the um, – Sticks out, eh? Sticks out, <laughs> yeah, like a sore <laughs> thumb. <laughs> yep. And um, he, I saw his van. I'm like, Chris is here. And that whole day, I was having problems. And I was there. Dad wasn't there with me. I got. Yep. I was there with um, Trent from Oakland Park Racing. Yep. And I was like, I had problems all day. Like, just couldn't get the rear hooked up. And I just went straight to Chris. I was like, Hey, Chris, I'm Taylor. Nice to meet you. 
Yeah. And I'm still like 14 at this point, and I'm like, could you just help me with this, please? Yeah. And he's just he's come along with his that uh, was like 12 mil 12 mil T bar or something. He's just done a couple of turns here and there. Yeah. I've dropped like two seconds. Serious. I just, just called dad straight. I'm like, dad, I gotta work with Chris. Yeah. And ever since then, like all of last year, Chris helped me. Yep. And um, Chris was the one that did, set up on my suspension, and I think he's a big part of my success last year. Yep. Oh, there's a a lot of people come together for it, but Chris was probably a big part. Yep. Because like just having the bike underneath you that you know you can trust and push to the limit all the time. Yep. It's just such a big confidence boost. Is that the best bike you've ridden last year? Did that feel? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I haven't ridden many bikes, but that was my felt uh, good though. It was, yeah, it felt yep. good. It was probably my, it's my favorite bike so far. Because you seem to be able to just be anywhere. Like watching your racing last year, just the you could turn in from any point. You could. Mm. It looked very confident. Yeah, no, I was just. Chris had that thing on rails for me. Like yeah. it was. It worked. Honestly, from day one, as soon as he started doing my suspension, it just felt so good. Yeah. Like, the way that the bike felt and the way it was moving around. And then, um, yeah, and then just, yeah, last year, yeah, it kind of just, at the beginning of the year, it just kind of clicked for me. Yeah. And then ever since then, I was kind of, I kind of, after the fir- first round, no, the Bend 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was when I, that was when it really, like, kind of clicked for me at first. Yeah. Because before that, I was like, wasn't even in the points in ASBK. I was like 25th. Yeah. Right. And then we come to the bend and I didn't, dad didn't come with me. I came with the Recondi crew. Yep. And um, they, they took me down and brought my bike and whatnot. And I was staying with them. And the whole weekend I was able to, like for me, this was a big thing. I was like, I was able to stay with the front pack. Yep. This, I didn't make any passes, just sat there. There's like a front pack of 12. And then in the last race, Johnny Littress comes up to me and gives me this nice pep talk. He's like, well, if it's the last race of the day, last race of the year, if you do tumble the bike, it doesn't matter because you're not racing anymore until next year. Oh, jeez. So he's like, <laughs> I reckon just go for gold. Yeah. Right before my, like, this is like 30-second yep. board down. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I'm like, oh, I went for gold that race. I was like, I can get it. Because I got, it was the top six. I'm a, I think Ben Baker or something broke away at the front. Yeah. And then um, there was like five of us, me, me, Glenn Nelson, Archie McDonald, Tom Drain, and uh, there was someone else. I don't remember his name. I think oh, Mitch Simpson. Mm. And we're all kind of just... Oh, and Demery. Brandon Demery. Yep. Oh, and Angus. There you go. That's a big crew. That's a big crew. Yeah. And then I got to like... I got up to second and I was like freaking out. I was like, I'm in second. Like, what, what do I do? And I'm just like, I'm like, I could be on for a podium here. So I'm just pushing like, no tomorrow. Yep. And, and then I realized that um, like this could actually like th- like this could happen. I might be on the podium. Yeah. And the last lap comes going into the second second last corner. I try to outbreak outbreak everyone on the inside and just front chattering, front chattering, front chattering. I'm like, no, I gotta let go. I just turned in and finished like fourth or something. But that was my best result, and I was buzzing after that race. Would have been a great feel, yeah. And I was like, I called Dad straight. I'm like, Dad, did you see that? Yeah. I was, and I'm still like. How old was I? I was, yeah, 14. Yeah, just on the cusp, 14, 15. Yeah, eh? 14, yeah. 15. Yep. And then, yeah, after that, after that, going into Phillip Island round one last year, I knew I, I was like, I, got, I went into it telling myself that I can con, like, contend for the championship. Yep. And going into it, went round one, and that was my first ever podium. Be awesome. And it Phillip was Island. like, 
and again, dad, dad couldn't make it for that round. I'm, Chris Jones and Bev yep. took me down and looked after me the whole weekend. And like, Philip Island, first podium, I was like, I was so happy. What's a comfort zone mean to you? Because, mate, 14 years old, traveling with all these different people, you're in Japan now. Mm. Mate, you must really love, by now, to explore, to be out of your comfort a little bit. I think that's that's almost like my comfort, like being out of my comfort zone. I feel yep. comfortable being out of my comfort zone. Mm. Like obviously, there are times where I'm not comfortable and like I, I feel I feel stressed and yep. alone. But like when I'm when I know that it's not really any expectations dad dad and stuff put on me. It's just what I put on myself. Like yep. I know what I have to do, and um, that's kind of where I feel will feel comfortable. Like where I'm. Like telling myself that I can, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, it's just obviously it's real difficult, but um, mate, I, I yeah. look at it. I'm, I'm like, listen to your story there. I'm like, if I heard this, this guy just constantly out of a comfort zone. You know, like yeah. it's um, which is great. That's yeah. a great thing. Four months in Japan so far this year. Food, drink, um, lifestyle, training. What's that like? Oh, it, I can't tell you how hard it is to diet in Japan. Really, yeah. Because <laughs> I've been like obviously, because I'm already a bigger guy. I'm yep. trying to diet down and maybe cut a bit of weight. Okay. But it is so difficult. Out of all the countries that had to be Japan, yeah, right. Like the food is so good. It's like, yep. I walk past the show, I'm like, oh, that smells nice. Yeah. I'm like, I walk in, no, don't walk in, don't walk in. Wow. It's like so. It's been great. It, it's honestly like the atmosphere there is just awesome. Yeah. Like Japan is, yeah, it's just beautiful. There's not one person that you um, you talk to who doesn't like going to Japan. No, like everyone yeah, right. I've talked to is like, oh, mate, you're so lucky you're in Japan. That's such a beautiful country. I'm like, yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Explain the second half of the year. Are you going to the Suzuka? Yeah. Oh, man. September 5, 6, 7, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, yeah 5, 6, 7. I, I look like um, through work. Um, I was like, I might be able to do something here. This this could work out okay. And I looked at it and I'm working that weekend. And I'm like, oh, that's one of the things on my list yeah. that I've got to get to. Suzuka, yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 coming back into a spot where a lot of people are really tr- like, it's always been a big race, but a lot of people are committing to it as well externally mm. through World Superbike and stuff like that because it's a good time in the season. Yeah. Um, that's going to be awesome. I'm pretty keen. Like Suzuka, yeah. I've, been, I've been looking forward to Suzuka all year because yep. – it, it looks like a track that kind of suits... It's similar to an Australian track. Yep. Like, it suits the way that you would ride it. Mm. So, um, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to Suzuka. But that's the... Suzuka's the last round. So, before that, I've got this track called uh, Auto Police. Okay. Which is in a place called Oita in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, right. And um, that, again, looks like a real fun track, like real up and down. So, you haven't been there yet? No. No. And um, there's like... 17, 18 hours away from where I am, so I'm not sure if we'll actually be able to get... I might be able to get one test. So where are you based? I'm based near Tokyo, so Yokohama. Okay, yep. So about half hour from Tokyo. Yep. And in the locality of racing that you've done so far, um, what has been the trouble, like how far and things like that? Like, has it been pretty good? Um, yeah, well, first half of the season was all pretty almost local, like Suzuka, yep. oh, not Suzuka, Motegi... Scuba and um, Sugo. Sugo is the furthest track away at four hours, yep. which is in Australia. That's nothing. Yep. 
Whereas, and then Mategi was like two and a half hours, and Scuba's pretty much home circuits, like an hour away. Wow, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. Now, I, I, I haven't seen any messages from a while, but we were on a group chat as some gaming stuff last year. Yeah. Did you learn some of the tracks through gaming? Oh yeah. Because like oh, you look yeah. at uh, Scuba, you look at Mategi, um, they're on like GT F1 yeah. for one of them. Um, did that help? Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's a good eh? That's um, and mum and dad were pretty upset saying this, but yeah. like PlayStation is like my second because I don't get to ride much, so it's it's pretty much like my training. It's like how yep. I do my visual training. Yep. And me and Cameron, me and Cameron explain it's like all we do is play play PlayStation, play these tracks. Seems to be working. Oh, well, I think so. Like, yeah, and just the track knowledge. Like when when you're talking about these places, like I always remember, you know, such and such from GT. You know, that was that track and, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to help a little bit, you know. Yeah, well, like last year at Morgan Park, um, I was joking around with uh, one of the marshals yep. and there was a photographer there mm-hmm. and he was just listening in and he, it was, um, I was joking about me playing PlayStation a lot with Cameron and Cameron Swain and yep. all the other guys we raced with and uh, they were like, um, oh, and someone asked me, he's like, are you getting on the drinks tonight? I said, probably not. I have to celebrate because I won like five out of six races. And yeah. like, are you going to get on the drinks tonight to celebrate? I was like, no, nah, I'll probably just go home and play more PlayStation, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Because, yeah, that, that group chat, I think it was that because that, I got um, Troy Gunther and that was on it as well. Yeah, yeah, so we, we played with Troy. And stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, it's addictive, that stuff too. Oh, no, it's so, it's bad. Yeah. Like I'll just sit there sometimes. I'll wake up in the morning just like, oh, I'll just play for like five minutes. I'll look at the time. It's been like three hours. I'm like... Oh no! For me, it, for me, like it's probably the, one of the only things that I do that just removes me from anything. Yeah. You know, um, I've wanted my uh, wheel and that's got dust on it. Like I, I really wanted to get. I haven't played for five months. Probably I don't think I've played it this year. Right? Yeah. And it does my head in. It's because it is one of the things that when I do have some downtime, yeah. I can just go do and you just you're in the zone. You're doing. Yeah, you're racing, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a it's a it's it's a great hobby, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, but uh, even in Japan, I bought a PlayStation over there because yeah. they're always they're pretty cheap over there, and um, yep, I still play with all the boys. Yeah, cool. Just do a little. Honestly, I actually I genuinely think it's helped me. Like at Scuba, yep. or like Suga track, I barely got any practice at. Yep. I kind of knew, like, I had a half an idea of how to go around it and which lines to take because yep. the track was actually track was actually like surprisingly similar from the game to real life yeah okay yep so i was like i kind of had an idea of what lines to take mm-hmm. and it kind of tried to replicate that to real life and with the limited practice i got because that weekend was just so weird like so first free practice first and second and third free practice we at bike like but like really bad bike problems like engine blew up and then had to run it in all that oh no and then um fourth free practice I think it was mm-hmm. it, um, it was dry yep. so I got that was my like one dry session Yep. and I did a PB which is still two seconds slower than P1 yep. and then F, in the last free practice session just poured rain and I was like fifth or, four, uh, fifth or sixth fast in the wet yep. and then qualifying the next morning was wet again so wet qualifying qualified seventh and then the race just suddenly I was like I was like, I know, I'm, I know I'm good in the wet, so I was just, rain, please rain, please rain, please yeah. rain. 
it was like raining all day up until like an hour and a half before my race and it suddenly stopped and it just went dry oh. and I was like you're kidding mm. so that was a bit difficult but yep. yeah well, um, we got through it I got scored the point scored one point or something finished like 15th but points a point points a point exactly so what's on for the rest of the season What what what's what is the rounds name them out for us so I've got uh, Auto Police Okayama yep. Um, yeah, Auto Police, Okoyama, and Suzuka. But I've got, I'm going to Thailand at the end of this month to mm-hmm. race in uh, Buriram Circuit. Oh, that'll be cool. So I'm pretty keen for that. So Yamaha, it's Yamaha Japan kind of teamed up with Yamaha Thailand because yep. they, they did that Blue Crew Thailand Cup over there. Yep. And um, there's four of us, the Blue Crew riders, going over to do it, which will be pretty interesting. What's the, what's the sort of goal, like, um, for the end of the year? And do you have anything on the table for... Um, next year or do you like the 600 is obviously probably the thing that you're thinking of in the back of your head just yeah. purely on size and starting to age into the gro- the right um, time hmm. w- what's the sort of goal oh well, yeah it all just depends on what happens this year like with yep. Yamaha if I do end up getting a chance to go to Europe I'll still take that although yep. it's an, on, on an R3 again it's on the right path it's in Europe yep and it's yeah it's, that is yeah it's in that's Europe it. that's yep. it like I'll I'll take it and I'll try my best. Whereas um, if I don't get the offer, I was st- I think I'll still try to stay in Japan to race a 600 class. Okay. Yep. Hopefully, because um, like I'm already in the not really in the way there, but um, like there are a few people that obviously already know me and whatnot, and yep. like all the manufacturers are from the Yamahas from there. And we've got yeah actual really good Yamaha support over there which I'm yep. on this year and hopefully like, I can impress enough that I can keep that for next year it's a huge thing and dude you've you've got a pretty good character right mm. like, actually a very good character what are the others other riders like is it uh, are they more quiet are they are you quiet when you're over there like what because you're you're um you speak very very well um you've got good character um yeah what, what do you like when you're back in Japan um, I try not to change it all. Like, obviously, it's a bit different speaking not like speaking the language that good. But yep. with like, I think I think I'm not, I haven't changed too much. Yeah. But the kids in Japan, they seem I don't know. They're a bit quiet, I guess. Yeah. Right. But I think no, I think the reason I'm able to speak the way I do is because um, I guess I spend like, even from. Like last year, didn't have dad with me holding my hand at the track. I kind of had to yep. make my own way and not really make my own way, but like talk to people myself and kind of become my own man. Grow up quick, like yeah, you said yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like the kids over there, they got their dad and mum holding their hand and yep. it's a bit like whenever they do something, mum and dad comes with them and whatnot. Yep. So like they're real good and like it's nice, but it's a bit bit different in that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's 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 evident. Like when I when I... I've spoken to you over the last, well, the first time I met you, you were sick. Where was that? We did the mountain bike thing. Oh, yeah. So oh, I <laughs> that's the first that. time I really met you. I've, I've seen you around before that, but uh, yeah, not that yeah. you were sick, but I think you just had breakfast. <laughs> I know. I had, um, I, was a bit, I was a bit sick. sick. No, yeah. no, no, I, was, I, had, I had like the flu or something. Was that what it was? Yeah. The next day it came down bad. Like I was oh, true. bed bound for like three days. Yep. But not just that. It was like the first real time I went mountain biking. It's probably because <laughs> yeah. like all I used to do was just go dirt jumps and hit jumps. Yep. Like we go up the hill, I'm like 
we're almost there. Yeah, it's like, and I think Mike said to me, "Man, this is like we haven't even got to the trail yet." I'm like, yeah. "You're kidding." Yep. But um, that was great. That was fun. That's cool. There's got to be more of those things, and they're they're real fun to do. Yeah. You know? So, um, now you did Aussie Flat Track Nationals the other week. Mm. How, how long are you actually in Japan for? Like, what's the actual date that you look at coming back to Oz? Because um, Suzuka is really not that it's far the, away. So Suzuka and Philip Island. So Suzuka is Suzuka at Old Japan, and yep. then the week after is Philip Island ASBK. Yeah, I'm okay. not too sure the date, what yep. date it is, but I come. I'll be coming back that week after Suzuka, I'd say. Yeah, cool. Yep. And um, I'm not too sure if I. I don't think. Uh, Dad was saying that there's a possibility I can do Philip Island, but it's a bit close. It's a quick like, turnaround. Yeah, eh? quick turnaround. I'm like, I rather. I try to save the money or you do more testing at the bend or something. Yep. Yeah. No, that like, makes sense because I was like, oh, I'm just looking at the dates and that. When when do you get back? And yeah, tell you what, the year's gone quick, eh? Oh, yeah. When you look at it. Yeah. Well, like I went over there and that, those three, four months or so, they went by like so quick. Like you said, it was March 9. Yeah, March 9 I left. Now uh, look at it. You it know. come back on the 25th of June. Yep. So you go back tomorrow. You fly into Japan. You fly yeah. out to Japan. Um what day do you get onto a bike next? Um, what day? 18, 19, 20th. 20th this month? Yeah, this month. Okay. That's not far away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The 20th and 21st, I'm at uh, Okayama doing a test. What's well, the 17th today? Yeah, it's a three That's days, pretty crazy Three days. Yeah, a bike. Yep. Yeah. Ah, cool. And um, you rode a 450 the other week for the first time. i got to ask you this. Oh, no. How was that, mate? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's only a digit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, how was it? No, it was actually super fun. It was um one of like after it was my first time riding on nineteens as well. Yeah. And after riding nineteens, I don't like that was the funnest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Like, I was I was actually contemplating. I was like, I'm gonna have to get a dirt bike now, because I rode the four fifty and the first practice session, I um I went out and I didn't think it would have that much power. I was like, oh, it surely can't have much power. Yep. I just wind the throttle on down the back straight and the front just starts lifting. I'm like, oh, no. So I turned, switched it off, hit the rack brake. Yep. And then I thought I was going half all right. I'm like, I'm not going too bad. I see Jared just drift around the outside of me. He's like looking at me. Yep. I'm like, oh, no. I'm in for it here. Yeah, I'm in yeah. for it here. I was like, oh, no. Mm. But then like, it was so – It was like, honestly, I can't ex- even explain how fun it was. Like It was honestly like one of the – it's such a well-run event as well, eh? Yeah, I AFCN. think so. Yeah, I, I um, a little bit biased on that front because to do a little bit behind the scenes with it, but oh. we had no um, we had no complaints. Oh, from the outside, I was like, this is this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, then, uh, I think it was good, eh? Yeah, and like the uh, yeah, I was riding the um, so I trained O'Donnell from APO. Yep. Uh, spon- I guess, yeah, kind of sponsored me for that round, so I rode their bike and. What not, and that was, it was actually, a, it wasn't like some, uh, like slow, yeah. stock 450. It was actually a properly done up 450. Yeah, it's and was it one of the 50th anniversary ones? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had I the, think, uh, I think it had the, whatever motor it's got, that different engine. Yeah, she's a proper bike. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah, proper, yeah. it's a bike. Yep. And that was, yeah, it was pretty fun. That was definitely fun. The, I, like speak to Trent a fair bit, and one of the big things too. Family like that, mm. they've bought a real good feel to the pit. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they just want to go racing and mm. enjoy racing. Um, and uh, obviously, Jared's part of them. You were part of them that weekend, and yeah, the boys and like it's 
it's a good feel. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was cool to see you there, mate. That was, I was when I rocked up, I was like, damn, you're going to have a go here. And yeah, straight <laughs> on to a 450, first time, 19s, um, a field of 36 or 38 riders yeah. in Pro 450 that could all pretty much be up the front of it. Like it was yeah. separated by nothing in times. Yeah, well, that I think heavy. at the end of the day, because I was in 450B for that the first day. Yep. At the end of the day, like top five in 450B were doing like the same times as, not not, not as fast, but like same times that would have put us at the back of 450A. Yeah, 100%. So I was like, oh, wow. Well, it's it, Like in road racing, like five tenths is nothing. Yep. And then you go to dirt and five tenths is like giving him a mile. So Yeah, it's a tough sport. Yeah. It's a tough sport. Now, that was cool. Well, there's going to be another round in November when you're home. So Tyree, I'll be there. Are you going to do it? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. that'll be good. Same, Especially coming from road sort of background now. Yeah. Tyree will be great on 19s. I'm That's so, going to be exciting. so keen. Yeah. That'll be it, that Gunnar feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. we were talking about it. We were talking about it at Appen. Mm. Ash, um, Alison came up to me. Yep. And she said, oh, do you want to do... I just spoke to your dad and I was like, oh, yeah, what did he say? He's, well, you'll be back to do, you'll be back for Tari. Yeah. And I looked at the dates and I've got, I'm like testing the bend like the week before. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm like, he's like, do you want to do it on our 450? I'm like, yep. So oh, like, we're going to, the plan is we go to the bend. Yep. Do a three day test or something there. Yep. And then on the way back, we'd stop in at Tari, race, and then go home. That's cool. Oh, that's awesome, mate. I, I didn't know you were going to do that. But, uh, yeah. So you do, uh, yeah, round one and two and then uh, five and six. Yeah, five and six. Yeah, sweet. Mate, we better wrap it up. Hour and 20. Sweet. Went by pretty quick. That went by super quick. Wow. Can you come back in at the end of the year? Yeah, definitely. I want to hear how the rest of the year goes. And, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I can't wish you anything but all success for it, man. You, it, it's huge. It's huge to be away from home. Yeah, it's no. a big thing, and um, racing in a, in another part of the world, and uh, and really trying. So, yeah, please come in at the end of the year and tell us how it went. Yeah, it was. I'll let you know when I get home. Thanks, man. Sweet. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already, and uh, we'll be back with another show soon.